It's Friday night and it's time for the Three Valleys Radio Racing Show. We've got the usual array of guests on the show tonight, including Simon Holt from The Sporting Life. Colin Brown, of course, he's always here. We've got a chat with Paul Nichols' assistant trainer, Harry Durham. Richard Phillips talks to us about the flat. And we catch up with Rod Millman down at Columpton. Plus all the news and fixtures. So let's catch up with all the news from the racing scene. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the post-Easter racing show here on Three Valleys Radio. We've got all the usual guests for you. And we're going to start off, as we always do, with all the racing news with Mike Patton. Hello and a very warm welcome along to this week's edition of the Racing News. With all the news, there's the news from the racing media. That includes Racing TV, the Racing Post and the Sporting Life. To get us going this week, here's our first story. Constitution Hills owner Michael Buckley has confirmed his Supreme Novices Hurdle winner will not run at the Punchestown Festival, ruling out a potential clash with Honeysuckle. The brilliant five-year-old had been entered in the Champion Novice Hurdle and the Punchestown Champion Hurdle, where a dream meeting against the unbeaten Honeysuckle could have been on the cards at the end of this month. But instead, he would be put away for the summer. Buckley said, He's not going to Ireland. The whole thing got slightly run away with. I said to Nick Luck on television in a slightly tongue-in-cheek way that it would be fun to take Honeysuckle on if we won really impressively. But I never said if we win impressively, we'll take her on. I hadn't seen him since Cheltenham, but saw him at the Lambourne Open Day, and I thought he looked like he'd done enough for this year, which Nicky agreed with. We haven't discussed next season, but my inclination would be that he'd stay hurdling. And next up, here on the Racing News. Josh Moore is facing up to another injury nightmare after breaking his leg in a heavy fall at Haydock on Saturday. The 30-year-old jockey, who missed more than three months of the season after sustaining a serious back injury in October, was awaiting an operation on Sunday morning at Aintree Hospital, having been taken there from the track by ambulance on Saturday evening. Moore was riding Gleno for his father Gary in the veteran's chase when his mount fell at the sixth fence and landed on top of him. Speaking on Sunday morning, Gary Moore said, He's going down to have an operation on his leg this morning. All being well, he's the third one to go down. My wife has been speaking to people with him, and I don't know the full severity of the damage, but I know he's broken his femur. I think he's done some ribs and might have broken a vertebrae in his back and also got a punctured lung. When a horse lands on top of you, it's definitely going to happen, and if he didn't have bad luck, he'd have no luck. Josh Moore actually partnered Glenna at Doncaster in late January on his first ride back from a fall at Plumpton in October that left him in hospital needing spinal surgery. 
He was knocked unconscious and sustained injuries to his back and ribs and spent the next week in hospital lying almost completely flat on his back after being forced to miss having an operation on six consecutive days due to other medical emergencies. Having eventually undergone a six-hour operation to have screws and rods inserted into his back after fracturing his T4 and T5 vertebrae, the rider described the injury as the one injury I wouldn't want again when he was speaking to the racing post in November. Prior to injuring his spine, Moore suffered from concussion in 2021 and was forced to sit out much of the summer. Glenno quickly got back to his feet following the fall at Haydock and was reported to be fine after the race. And here's our next story here on the Racing News. It has been a difficult weekend. In fairness, Nicky Henderson hasn't ruled out the possibility of sending Constitution Hill to Punchestown for a clash with Honeysuckle and Ian Retton hasn't said the Cheltenham Festival will definitely be extended to five days. But in both cases, it feels as though the way is being prepared for what you and I would regard as bad news. The Constitution Hill thing is fairly easy to shrug off. It would certainly have made for a fascinating race, but he's a novice. And if connections would rather not take on an unbeaten champion at the very end of the season, anyone can understand that. I think the hunger we've seen in recent weeks for Honeysuckle versus Constitution Hill says something about where jump racing is these days. After Shiskin versus Energimine and Ascot, and Galopanda Champ versus Bob Ellinger at the festival, it seems we get awfully excited about the idea of having two good horses in the same race. It would be lovely to get back to a time when you could take it for granted that there would be at least two highly talented animals for every major jumps race, and probably more, generating real competition. Even a horse as good as Istabrak couldn't put together a 15-race unbeaten run in those days, because once in a while he would bump into something like Pridwell or Limestone Land in conditions that favoured them. I suppose he'd have beaten them as well if he was getting a £7 allowance. When the news broke on Saturday that the Jockey Club, who are the owners of Cheltenham, are to consult about a five-day festival, the front-runner's thought was that this was a duplication of effort. We have already done the consulting through the medium of our weekly poll, in which we asked this question just last month during Festival Week, in fact. Bear in mind that we were in the thick of all the festival drama when people were giving their answers taking money off the bookies, hopefully, and cheering for deserving winners. And yet the result could hardly have been more empathetic, 93% of the votes being against a fifth day. Let's hope someone at the Jockey Club is paying attention, I wrote. Oh dear. I suppose they may want to cast their net a little wider than the front-runner's readership. They will get a very different response from owners and trainers, who will naturally be enthusiastic. More festival races mean more chances to win, and a fifth day should mean additional income for the sport. But at what cost? In the time that I've been a racing fan, the festival has increased from 18 races to 28, but the available population of top-class jumps horses has not remotely kept pace with that expansion, and now we have smaller fields and less intense competition. 16 of this year's 28 winners were returned at 3-1 to one or shorter, compared to 5 out of 27 a decade ago. 
In relation to the possibility of extending the festival onto a Saturday, it is being suggested that that will open up the event to people who are unable to attend on weekdays, including teenage school kids. I can't say I've ever really thought of the festival as a family-friendly affair, and I suspect quite a few attendees are very comfortable about being some distance away from their families for a week. If this line of thinking is to be seriously pursued, facilities would have to be developed for useful enthusiasts to experience the races in comfort, because existing facilities are squarely aimed at people who are old enough to one bet and two drink. Beyond that, the festival experience for a youngster would consist of jostling for viewing space with bigger people. And next up, here on the racing news, the prospect of affordability checks being introduced as a consequence of the government's gambling review has been causing concern for bookmakers and Britain's racing industry alike. But the reality is that they are already in place. Reformers have called for the government to introduce blanket checks set at a level as low as a net loss of £100 in one month as part of the review. Some of the financial modelling carried out by British Racing's leadership has estimated that the sport's finances could be hit by more than £100 million a year by intrusive affordability checks, which either cause punters to stop betting or drive them to the black market. While the checks already introduced by bookmakers vary between different operators and groups, concerns that punters will be turned off by requests for personal financial details are already coming to pass. Motor dealer and racehorse owner Simon Prout, who describes himself as a quote serious punter, says he has wasted hours and hours of my life dealing with affordability checks in order just to have a bet. I've been asked for bank statements, I've been asked for company accounts, I've been asked for my accountant to produce a letter authenticating the company accounts and copies of tax returns, Prout says. I've sent bank statements in and they've come up with all sorts of questions, like, why are you paying this to this? If it wasn't for the fact that I like to have a bet, I'd say stick the lot of you, and I'm sure at the end of the day some people will, because it's too much, change of word, blooming hassle. Punters and racing TV analyst Steve Mellish says his ability to bet with one operator has been affected by his decision not to provide them with proof of earnings when he was contacted by the firm last summer. And our final bit of news here on the Racing News. Charlie Appleby further strengthened his formidable classic hand as Walk of Stars touched off stablemate Haffitt in the Dubai duty-free Golf World Cup British EBF condition stakes at Newbury. Fresh from saddling five winners at Newmarket's Craven meeting earlier in the week, Appleby enjoyed a treble at Newbury on Saturday and kept up his remarkable run at the Berkshire Circuit on Sunday. Little over an hour after newcomer Life of Dreams emerged as potential Oaks contender with a maiden success, Derby entrance Walk of Stars and Haffitt fought out the finish to the feature event on the card. Despite being placed at Group 3 level, Haffitt was second best in the market at 6-4 under William Buick, with Nottingham maiden winner Walk of Stars the 4-5 favourite in the hands of James Doyle. The market ultimately proved spot on, with Walk of Stars coming with a late run to deny Haffitt by a neck, and a rematch could be on the cards at York next month. Appleby's assistant Alex Merriam said, if the ground is sensible, they could both go to the Dante. James was very happy with Walk of Stars, and the horse only had two runs and will improve again. 
Both are in the derby and will appreciate a bit more juice in the ground. Doyle added, It's hard to predict with this type of horse where he might end up. But what I did say to Alex is that he's not slow by any means. He's got speed and he picked up quickly when I asked him. It was far more plain sailing for Life of Dreams, who was cut to 14 to 1 from 20 to 1 for the Oaks by Coral, after comfortably obliging as the 4 to 5 favourite in the Highclere Thoroughbred Racing Maiden Philly Stakes under Buick. She did everything right, it was all good, and I'm sure the Oaks will be considered, said the rider. I felt really comfortable throughout, on ground that has tightened up since yesterday. If anything, she got there a bit too easily. Andrew Balding and David Probert teamed up to win the Joe Mercer Memorial EBF Maiden Stakes with 7-2 chance Holguin. The son of Hermana Gray was one of seven newcomers who faced the starter for the five-furlong opener and he registered a half-length verdict over Commander Straker with 10-11 favourite redemption time only third. Balding said, He is our first two-year-old runner of the season and we didn't know what to expect. He's one of four or five we have to go early, while the rest need more time. He has plenty of scope and probably wants another furlong. Our winner of this last year, Berkshire Shadow, went on to win the Coventry at Royal Ascot, and it looks like this one wants six furlongs too. First Nightingale, 7-2, was an impressive winner of the first division of the Colne Valley Stud Bridget Maiden Phyllis Stakes on her debut for Roger Varian. However, David Egan's mount was pulled up lame after the finish and was taken to hospital by horse ambulance with a leg injury. Varian said, Something must have happened as she was pulling up, as she looked to be striding out okay crossing the line. She's hurt her knee and has been taken to hospital. I hope she will be all right. The William Haggis trained Rosina at 7 to 1 proved to be best in Division 2, seeing off Lady Eros by a length in the hands of Tom Markand. The Cheltenham Festival runner-up, a horse with no name, successfully reverted to the flat in the Compton Beauchamp Estates Limited Silver Bar Handicap. Nicky Henderson's mare finished second in the Cotswolds behind Love Envoy, who was second in a Grade 1 at Fairy House earlier in the day. The seven-year-old was the 10-11 favourite to go one better under Ryan Moore, and she did just enough to get the better of Areferus by three-quarters of a length. It was our last-minute decision to come here, said Henderson. It looked like being very competitive early on, but then when I had another look on Good Friday morning, I thought it was starting to cut up. It's the longest flat race at Newbury, and one of her owners, Dominic Burke, is the race course chairman. Ryan said she got caught on the outside with too much daylight, but she's very genuine, a lovely mare and very honest. She ran such a good race at Cheltenham, it's hard to believe I've had her two years and this is the first race I've won with her. When she ran at the festival, it looked as if she was heading to stud. But that's now on the back burner. We have left her as a novice over hurdles for next season and will go and try to win the same race she was second in. The Robert Cow-trained Blue de Vega was a shock 50-1 to winner of the Dubai duty-free handicap in the hands of Sean Levy, while Who Put 50 In You, the 15-8 to favourite, landed the closing Dubai duty-free full of surprises handicap. You've been listening to the Racing News, with all the news that is the news from the racing media, which includes Racing TV, the Racing Post and the Sporting Life. I'm Mike Padden, thanks for listening, and please join us again next time. 
Now it's time to see exactly where we can go racing this weekend. Right, well there are seven races on the flat at Haydock with a one o'clock start. Seven races on the flat at Leicester, one thirty-five start. Seven races on the flat up at Ripon, one forty-five start. And seven jump races at Sandown Park with a one fifty start. There are also seven races on the flat at Doncaster with a five oh five start. And seven races on the flat at Wolverhampton on the all-weather with a 5.45 start. And on Sunday, there are just the two meetings on Sunday. One at Bath, where there are seven races on the flat and a one o'clock start. And seven races on the flat as well at Weatherby with a 2.20 start. Well, there's a bit of an expression that says, behind every man there's a good woman. And of course, there's also another one that says, behind every trainer, there's a good assistant trainer. Well, in this case, we're talking about Harry Durham, who happens to be Paul Nichols' uh, assistant trainer, although he's leaving him very shortly. But we managed to catch hold of Harry before he did, and we've had a chat with him on our In Conversation show on Three Valleys Radio. So look out for the podcast. But this is a few extracts as to what Harry had to tell us. Let's talk about, before we get to Shelter Burnett, um, I mean, getting a, a job uh, riding for, for Paul Nichols was, you know, in itself. I know he's a relation of yours. He's your uncle, isn't he, I think? Is that right? Yes, that's right, yeah. yeah. But nonetheless, he, he's nobody's fool. And if he didn't think you were good enough, I'm sure he wouldn't have given you the job. So, you know, that must have been a real feather in your cap to start with surely yeah it was um it's an interesting thing isn't it because you you immediately say oh he's my uncle or yeah i'm I'm his nephew or whatever it is and immediately people think well yeah there's only one reason he's doing it Mm. and i understood that totally because you know that that is you know that you can't deny the fact that early on i was put on those horses because i was his nephew um however i'm i've worked for him 11 years now and i'm absolutely certain that if you're not doing the job right he, he will stop giving you chances because as you say he's nobody's fool and he at the end of the day he wants to win and he wants to be successful so um yeah i got on some of those horses early on because i was in the position i was in and i i never took that for granted but um i hope that i did a good job i was you know i tried to be as fit as i possibly could i worked as hard as i could i i rode out and mucked out every day and you know i felt like i did my bit so yes obviously i got a step on the ladder a bit quicker than a few of the lads around me um but i i always felt as long as you weren't as long as you didn't take that um privilege for granted and you didn't take you know take the mick out of that privilege then i think people didn't have a problem with it as long as you've got your head down and you know you mucked in and you you, you know i always felt that look i I'm getting given these chances, but when I'm at work, I'm going to do my best to prove that I deserve them, and um, I hope I did that. Uh, but, you know, it, the thing about racing is it's a great leveller because when you get out there, you have to then go and do the job. So mm. um, if you're not prepared or you haven't worked hard enough or you're not good enough, you'll soon get found out. But I'm sure, well, yeah, that's right. And, I mean, clearly you, you were doing the job properly because, as you say, you would have been found out. And, and as I said earlier, Paul Nichols is nobody's fool and he wouldn't have kept putting you on if you weren't doing the job properly. So, you know, all credit to you for, for, for at least you know making it making it work really because you must have had to work pretty hard to do that i would imagine yeah i, I, I must admit i think i think jockeys i mean you know i i'm obviously still in racing now and i i just have the most 
huge amount of respect for jockeys. What they do is is an extraordinary thing. Um, you know, you obviously lots and lots of people have said there's not many professions where two ambulances follow you around while you're, you're doing your job, and that is true. But but more than that, the the travel, the hours, um, you're always in pain, um, the disappointment, and if you're very good at it you're probably still losing you know 80% of the time it is a very very difficult job mentally as well as physically so um, I've got nothing but admiration for jockeys and um, just just to your point there about um, being his his nephew from the moment I've worked for him I've seen Paul as, a, as the boss yeah. Um, there's there's never been a. I just thought I'd touch on it. That you know he, he's been a, been a boss to me for eleven years in different capacities. Um, and look, he's obviously my uncle. Don't you know? Don't deny that or anything. But it's never been a. It's never. I've never seen him as Uncle Paul. I've seen him as my boss. Um, yeah. and I think we've had a really healthy relationship through that. Well, good for you. I'm I'm all for that. You know. So during your ride, your riding um career, how long did it last, and how many winners did you have over that period? Uh, so I rode for three seasons professionally yeah. and I had 50 winners so not that prolific but um, you know I had some real nice days in there rode some really really good horses and um, you know I, I was I have not an ounce of regret that I did it I'm very very pleased that I did it um, in hindsight I should have given up a little bit earlier than I did well that was Paul Nichols' assistant trainer Harry Durham there talking to me on our in conversation programme which we can catch up with by going to www3valleysradio.com and go to the podcast section and staying with uh, National Hunt scene in a minute, um, last week, of course, we were talking to Nick Schofield, who had that wonderful result in the Grand National, coming fourth on Santini. And this week, we're talking to him about injuries, because sadly, Nick's had a, a rather nasty fall. But we've caught up with him, and we'll find out exactly how bad the uh, injuries are. Nick, you've had a nasty fall. How are you? Yeah, um, perfectly A1 in myself. Um a few fractured ribs which are not too bad and um hopefully we'll just be out we're, we're missing this week's racing which is unfortunate and this weekend but there's a week break in between seasons and then we hope to be on the back of that whether it'll be the first week of the season or the second week i'll be back in the next couple of weeks so um yeah it's a few weeks unwanted break but um could be worse and um there's a lot worse off with me recently. There's been quite a few injuries floating around within the jockeys with the drying ground and people yeah. like Josh Moore. So um, yeah. I've got to think myself lucky and I'm not too bad. And what about the horse? Was he all right? Yeah, perfectly fine. It was just unfortunate. It was just um, it was actually quite a soft wall, but um, um, these things happen, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. Well, look, you make sure you have a good, uh, a nice easy break now for a couple of weeks and then hopefully you'll be uh-huh. A1 when you get back. Yeah. Good. And I just want to send my regards to the Jack Barber racing team. It's been sad to see him retire. And um, I know he's local to all you guys. So um, yeah. wish him the best of luck in his next chapter. Yeah, I gather he's going back to farming, somebody told me. So uh, that sounds promising. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Good. Okay, He'll be a success Nick, whatever he does. Yeah, well, look look after yourself anyway, mate. And uh, as I say, hopefully when you get back in a couple of weeks or so, you'll be, uh, you'll be A1. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Great. Okay, Nick, well, nice to talk to you again, and we'll speak to you soon, okay? Brilliant. Thanks, AD. Thanks, Thanks everyone. Cheers for now. Bye-bye. Well, that was a slightly battered Nick Schofield there, but hopefully he'll be back in the saddle very shortly now. So we'd like to wish him a speedy recovery. Right, well, now we're going to catch up with Simon Hull, who is going to give us the rundown on the last big race meeting of the National Hunt season at 
Sundown. Well, good morning, Simon. Um, last time we're going to be talking about jumps for a while. Yes, absolutely, Adrian, because on Saturday at Sandown, it's the jump season finale. Yeah. And uh, features, of course, the Bet365 Gold Cup, which uh, for those with long memories will always call it the Whitbread. And it's also uh, a day to celebrate the achievements of champion jockey Brian Hughes, who this week notched up his 200th winner at Perth and has really dominated the Jockeys' Championship this season. And he's in action at Sandown as well. He's got a, a couple of uh, potential chances, I would have said. Nuts well, he, he rides for Anne Hamilton in the Oaksley chase, just four runners in that. Uh, Nuts well up against Mr. Fisher, Earn River and St. Calvados. So should have a bit of a chance, very game horse, Nuts well, and uh, a very evergreen horse as well because he's an 11-year-old these days. And in the big race, the Bet365 Gold Cup, Brian will ride Domaine de Lille, who uh, didn't get any further than the chair in the Grand National a couple of weeks ago, uh, but uh, wouldn't have had too hard a race. He would have a maybe an each-way chance in the Bet365 Gold Cup. The feature of the Bet365 Gold Cup really is a rematch between Potterman, Kitty's Like and Enrillo, who filled the first three placings last season. But that doesn't really tell the whole story because Kitty's Like looked as though he was coming through to just about win it, but was hampered by Enrillo, who was first past the post on the running. Enrillo got uh, demoted, but because Kitty's Like finished third of the three, Potterman who was second past the post, got the race rather undeservingly, really, because um, Enrillo or Kitty's Light were probably the more more moral winners, if you like. Yeah. But they, uh, they clash again, and the weights are a bit different. Potterman and Enrillo are off similar marks, but Kitty's Light has gone up. But ha- However, he has run very well in his last two starts, Kitty's Light, uh, chasing home his stable companion, Win My Wings, in the Scottish Grand National, and Win My Wings has top weight now, having gone up a stone for her really easy win under the uh, pound-claiming amateur Rob James. So a much harder task. Kitty's Light was beaten seven lengths by Win My Wings at air, and now wears cheek pieces for the first time, which might just enable him to keep closer touch. He just tends to get a bit behind sometimes and then finishes off really strongly. So I think if there's any justice... It could be Kitty's like this time. Mm. Well, we'll wait and see an exciting race, I would imagine, there. It should be. I mean, it always is. It's a terrific race. And uh, I think the quality is pretty high when my wing's running off a mark of 154. She's been staggering, really. Mm. Cantered up in the Ida and the Scottish Grand National. It's just a question whether the handicapper has uh, put paid her chances here. It is a big rise, but she did win very easily yeah. at air. It's a whether she can hold that sort of form. So uh, a fascinating uh, contest with um, Christian Williams, who's done so well in these staying chases. He's not only represented by Win My Wings and Kitty's Light, but he also has Captain Orr, who's a little bit of an in-and-out character, but beat Kitty's Light at Kempton two starts ago before pulling up next time. But if he was firing, and he didn't run too bad in this race last year, he would have a, a bit of an each-way chance. Um, Simon, talk to me about Brian Hughes a minute. I mean, it's quite phenomenal. He's at 200 winners, um, whereas, you know, most people sort of be more than happy with 100 winners, and he's doubled that. And, and he's been up at courses and races that are, you know, not exactly the sort of glamour um, part of the world when it comes to jump racing. You know, he's, he's done ever so well, hasn't he? 
That's right. I think he's only the fourth jockey to have uh, reached the double century. And um, it's been a remarkably consistent season for him, aided by his association with Donald McCain, who's had a terrific time of it. Mm. Uh, as you say, perhaps in less competitive races in the north, but um, they've still got to be won. He is an excellent rider, very neat rider, very stylish. And, uh, you know, he, he's the man that's uh, riding all the winners at the moment. You know, the other boys, OK, maybe a bit more competitive in the south, better racing, better, better quality racing. But he's been up there for a while now. And um, to be honest, he had a stranglehold on this jockey's championship from very early on in the season. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, full mark for him. And it would be nice for him if he goes out with a winner on Saturday. And he has a few, a few chances. And and talking to jockeys, a word for for Josh Moore, who apparently is uh, in sort of some sort of intensive care following this fall with a chest infection. Um, doesn't sound very nice. So I'm, I'm hoping that he'll be uh, he'll be improving very quickly. Well, we will. I mean, he's a very popular young man, Josh Moore, uh, particularly in the southeast where his father Gary Moore trains, and he has a big hand in the training of the horses. And I think eventually Josh would be the natural successor to his yeah. father yeah. with the license there. Yeah. And um, he's just been so unlucky with injuries. And he's only really been back a couple of months from a previous injury. And uh, he broke his uh, leg, he broke his femur, and he had other injuries. And uh, they were able to operate on the leg, um, but not the other injuries. I think he's got a punctured lung and some um, broken ribs as well. Yeah, And... Uh, while in hospital, he seems to have picked up this chest infection. We don't really know what it was caused it, whether it's a hospital infection. Uh, COVID hasn't been mentioned. Uh, we're assuming it's probably not COVID, but he's on a ventilator. Yeah. And uh, yeah. that is really serious, you know. And uh, okay, hopefully he'll pull through. He's a fit young man, but um, there's a, a lot of worried people, particularly in the southeast corner of this uh, sport of horse racing at the moment because he's very popular indeed. Yeah, well, we wish him all the best and, uh, you know, a speedy recovery, Josh. So uh, I'm sure you're listening. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> but, uh, but hopefully, he, hopefully the, um, you know, he, he'll get all our, our wishes anyway. So uh, that, that's important anyway. Okay, anything else for us, uh, Simon? Uh, sound down? Well, on, on, on the support card, there's a grade one and two grade two is the grade one is the bet 365 celebration chase and it sees grenatine and newbie negra crossing saws not for the first time they they both ran well in the champion chase last season uh grenatine of course won the tingle creek on the sandown course in early december uh newbie negra will really enjoy the ground conditions the likely ground conditions uh he was well beaten behind grenatine in the Tingle Creek, and uh, I just think he's a horse that seems absolutely best when he's really fresh, and he won well at Cheltenham the time before, and then probably just wasn't quite firing as well as that when well beaten by Grenatine in the Tingle Creek, and he's been left off since. He was due to run in the champion chase at the Cheltenham Festival, but um, the weather really intervened. There was no point running him on that. Uh, Grenatine comes here off a pretty disappointing run in Ireland but I think um, Paul Nichols's horses weren't really firing at the time 
and he too will be pretty well suited by the conditions. So it could be a good battle between them. Um, I hesitate really to be too predictive. I think Grenatine is probably on balance uh, the more likely of the two, but also in the race is so royal and he's always guaranteed to run a good race and he'll love the ground. Uh, Rouge Vif, who's another good ground horse, probably not quite good enough. And Sky Pirate, who's been running in handicaps and, and conditions races through the season. And now where cheap, where's Cheek Piece just for the first time? And he didn't run too badly at Liverpool last time out. We're talking and of Sky Pirate, uh, Simon, just another yeah. sort of tale of woe, really, because of course Nick Schofield normally rides Sky Pirate. But Nick's had a bad yeah. fall and uh, he's off off uh, for a while anyway. It, it just highlights the dangers that these jockeys face, doesn't it, really? Yeah. And he rides Sky Pirate beautifully because Nick is an excellent hold-up jockey, I was thinking. He, he really has a, a canny sense of pace and uh, Sky Pirate probably doesn't want to be in front too soon. And uh, he did run a bit better last time out at Aintree. He, he's... He's been struggling in his last two races, I think. Uh, at Cheltenham, the ground probably went too heavy. Yeah. And then, uh, although he had been uh, dropped a few pounds by the handicapper, he might just want dropping a bit more. But this, of course, is not a handicap. And on the ratings, he's got plenty to do. And John Joe O'Neill Jr. takes over. But uh, let's hope Nick Schofield comes back soon as well, because he's yeah. a, an excellent well, Pretty I, good I spoke to him yesterday, and he's certainly... Um... He's out for at least two. Well, he said there's certainly a week, and then there's a week. They've got a week off anyway, haven't they, because of the swap over yeah. or something. So that was sort of two weeks, and I think he's hoping that he'll be sort of getting sort of fairly close to it at the end of that period. So uh, again, good luck yeah. to him as well. Well, it's it's not the worst time of year, I suppose, for jump no. jockeys to be off injured um, with the season ending. But you know, they just want to to ride and be active, don't they? And, yeah. and earn a living, obviously. So uh, yeah. let's hope he gets back to Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. OK, Simon. Thank you very much indeed. Not at all. Um, it's a good card, and uh, let's hope for an exciting finish in that Bet365 Gold Cup. It looks quite intriguing with those three horses taking each honour once again after last year's really uh, tight and somewhat rough-and-tumble finish. Yeah, indeed. OK, Simon, we'll catch up with you again soon, I'm sure. But thanks for today and um, have a good weekend. We're now in the spotlight very much on the flat racing scene and we're going to start off with Colin Brown's thoughts on the current situation. Good morning, Colin. How are you? Yeah, very well. Lovely sunny day and, um, you know, it's been a good busy old weekend of racing. Yeah. A um, few high spots and a few low spots, you have to say. Yeah, well, I've got, um, I've got high a high spot, spot for you, so... Before I forget to oh, do have it, you got them? I've got a high spot yeah. for you. I the yeah, first the first of my um, hot trotters was out on Monday at Wolverhampton. How many? How many? If I can just butt in, how many hot to trot horses do you have shares in then? Six, I think it is. Hang on a minute, I can tell you now. Do really? God, you got a lot of money. You have no, it's not that stupid. radio. It's that radio money. show must pay you a lot of money. No, I wish it bloody did. Um, Millie Miglia with Clive Cox, Emily Post with Ed Bethel, right. Dorothea with Charlie yeah. Fellows, Leapin Lena with William Jarvis, Punterella yeah. with Jonathan Portman, and Rage of Bambi with Eve Johnson Houghton. That is, that is hot to trot too. That's our, those are our horses. And of those horses, Dorothea ran at Wolverhampton on Monday. Uh, finished, yeah. finished third, first time on a race course, finished third, 
Right. Had a, right. It was well up with the pack right the way along. And it was only just when they started to get really busy at the end that she started to drop back a bit. And you could tell that the jockey didn't exactly push her at that point because you could tell he wasn't going to win. But that was first right. time out. And I think she's got, she could be one of our sort of better ones, you know. Just look more Good. up with the pace. So Dorothea, um, not sure when it's next out, but it won't be long, I shouldn't think. Trained by Charlie Fellows. So you have been God, told. Sounds, yeah, sounds absolutely fantastic. Well done, you. Um, it'd be nice to see you have a few winners and uh, yeah, yeah. enjoy yourself because you, you, you invest in these horses. And, um, you know, it's interesting to follow and just nice oh. bit, of, bit of follow. Yeah. Those syndicates are good fun, aren't they, really? And that, uh, yeah. that hot to trot, what I must say, is very, very good. Yeah, it is. Very good. He, and, does, uh, he does a good job. Sam, what's he called? Sam Hoskin, yeah. Yeah. Hoskin. Yeah. yeah, I've done a bit of work with him at the Derby and one thing or another. Yeah. Fantastic. Well done, you. Yeah, well, so there brilliant. you go. So um, everybody out there in listener land, Dorothea, Charlie Fellows, keep your eye open. Okay, fantastic. Well, I tell you what, we've had some fantastic racing uh, listeners just over the last couple of days. And um, there was a couple of horses I mentioned of Marcus Tregonings the other day, which hopefully you uh, backed um, at Newbury. But going forward, there are horses that will be, you know, um, going off to better places, really, I yeah. think. Um, and just just looking back at one of them, I don't know whether you backed it or not. The weekend um, was called. Um, gosh, I can't think of the name of it. <laughs> I will do in just a second. Yeah, there was a market to gone. Is that well in you bring the weekend? Did you back that? Um, did I back it? Um, no. Yeah, I bet. I, I bet you did. No, I, I didn't. You did, didn't you? No, I went to football instead, and they they lost two 0 So, <laughs> I, I just oh. there you go. Oh, mm. well, that's not so good, is it? No. Um, but um, no, there's there's some nice horses just coming along as 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 we speak. And um, now this horse that I'm talking about now, one at Newbury the weekend, is called Morgan, and um, Jim Crowley rode him, and he won a mile maiden there by three and a half lengths. He was very very impressive. And the other horse he ran there was called Noras, that also ran a, an okay race. He was a bit green, and um, now they'll be they'll be winning soon. They're the sort of horses that you need to be putting in, in your notebook if you like. Yeah, um, certainly. So yeah, no, no, we're looking forward to we're looking forward to those going forward. But there's um, there's plenty. There's been plenty of good racing, and the Charlie Appleby Yard, they've been on fire on the flat, haven't they? Cool, I should say so, yeah. If you backed all of those, you'd be well in. Yeah, I mean, the Charlie Appleby horses, honestly, they are just absolutely flying. And um, I think his strike rate um, age is something like 50% or something, is that? I don't know. It's pretty good in the last couple of, what, 10 days, I suppose, he's, he's, he's been popping them all out, hasn't he? So, yeah, no, going extremely well. I mean, you know, we, you know, we, I, I often think following stables when they're in form, and I think we're going to try and do a bit more of that this year when we look through our races and whatever, uh, yeah. because, you know, when you get trainers like Clive Cox, you get trainers like, I don't know, Charlie Hills and um, Appleby, whatever it might be, uh, Mick Appleby and Charlie Appleby and Ed 
uh, uh, Bethel or whatever up the north, and you know those sort of trends. Once they start really hitting top form, you know, terrific really, uh, because sometimes you can almost follow them blind. I mean, the, you know, Charlie Appleby's horses have been absolutely flying, and uh, you know, I don't think he's finished yet. He's running some quite nice ones this weekend. One's called Gold Spur, and that's in Sandown as classic trial of Group 3 on Friday. And apparently that was pretty, pretty near spot on uh, to be a good thing. They they tell me, you know, you hear these sort of uh, things from Newmarket. And yesterday, the horse that won there, uh, the Derby trial down at Epsom for him. Um, I mean, that, uh, that, that won extremely well as well. That was... Uh, yeah, that was called. I'll just tell you one second. Um, gosh, sorry, listeners. I've just my, my internet. Do you know your internet pays up? It, isn't it a blooming nuisance when that happens? Yeah, yeah it's uh, it's awesome. One yesterday, um, it's uh, absent my blooming internet's going to. It's called Nahani H or something like that. Anyhow, it was very very impressive. Uh, uh, only just got up, but it just. Knew the job, you know, the listed race, yeah, the trial, mile and two. Nahani, it was called, yeah. yeah. Just got up to beat Grand Grand Alliance from Charlie Fellows Yard. You were mentioning him earlier on. Yeah. But, um, yeah, no, there's there's some great racing looking forward to and, and going forward, if you like. Um, we are just about to get rid of the, um, get rid of the jump racing, really. What punches town now this week or next week? And um, and then we've got the end of the season this season, the jump season. It ends on Saturday, starts again sort of Tuesday. It seems madness, doesn't it, really? Yeah. When I was riding, it was quite nice to finish the season um, end of May. And you thought, right, I'm going to have a month, going to go away with the family, go on holiday, do a few jobs, and take it really, you know, do what you want to do. And then about end of the first week into July you start getting fit, getting back and getting back on the horses but they race all year round now which is just crazy um, as I said just now, full of a week ups and downs, there's been a lot of ups for a lot of the new market trainers, you know, Appleby, Gosden and um, you know, certainly Tregoning started off well from down at Whitsbury where the great Desert Orchid was trained all those years ago but one little down, well, one big down was poor old Josh Moore having a heavy fall up at, um, he's a good friend of mine, the Moore family, heavy fall up at um, Haydock and, uh, and you know, fracturing his lower back and um, mm. breaking his femur and having rib injuries and whatever. So I've been keeping in touch with his sister, Haley, just as, and Josh, brother, Josh, just as um, Jamie, should I say, just to see how Josh is doing. So let's hope and pray that he, comes out of all that okay and uh, gets moved down from the hospital in Liverpool back down to Sussex where he lives. Um, so fingers crossed for poor old Josh. Um, right, what have we got coming up? There's a few two-year-olds um, running very well. And there's a horse that I mentioned the other day that's going to run, uh, ran very well in Maidan called Yabir. And that's from the Appleby Yard. I get a little, you know, I get a, you can't follow, well, you can follow them, but you can't sort of back them all, really. But they do think your beer is very, very special. And he's going to go for the Jogger Club Stakes at Newmarket on the 29th of April. But, um, no, there's 
there's plenty of good races coming up. And um, for those followers of the flat, you know, you need to sort of just start looking forward to the um, flat, looking at the stable tours. And, you know, on my computer, I, I store all those because they are brilliant stable tours. They put a lot of work into, you know, this week we've had Aidan O'Brien's, we've got Clive Cox's today, and he's got a few really nice um, horses to look forward to, which is, you know, which is always uh, a bit of a perk, if you like. Yeah, um, yeah. when you can just keep an eye on them. But um, no, there's, uh, there's some nice horses about Andrew Boarding's horses. They're just coming into form. And um, I've got a couple of little contacts there now that I was talking to a couple of days ago um, going forward with his horses. And honestly, he's got some fantastic, uh, some fantastic horses in the yard. And he's got around about 200-odd horses, I think. Yeah. He, he has got a lot of horses and um, <clears throat> alcohol-free, something that you've never done, um, runs, I think, yeah, runs this weekend on Friday in the uh, in the Bet365 mile as well. So it's going to be a, a, a very, very good race. And the, tra- the um, owner, Jeff Smith and Breeder, um, you know, he's bred some great horses over the years. He had Persian Punch. He had those great sprinters, didn't he? Um, uh, Jeff Smith, um, over the years, he's had such good horses. I mean, honestly, they go on and on. Horses like, um, gosh, can't think of that good sprinter he had there. Uh, Opera House he had, did he? And um, a couple of others, real good horses. I mean, you know he's had to... How to breed some real, real nice horses. So we looking forward to hearing a little bit about the um, horses from um, Andrew Boarding's yard. But um, as I say, Aidan O'Brien, he, his write-up was in the paper this week. And then, you know, at the end of the week, uh, end of the month, which ain't going to be too long now, we have the Guineas, and that's yeah. at Newmarket. My my wife's going up there. I might go up and do a bit of work, but um, she's going up there too paint the anatomy of the horse so one side you've got the ribs and the, all the bone structure and on the other side all the muscles but um no the new market 1000 guineas is um, is coming up the john gosden's horse uh, looks high class doesn't it in spiral um in spiral uh, um this is gonna go off reasonably short but it's never been sight you know never been beaten and every time it's won it's won by well apart from first time out is one by sort of two and a half, three lengths every time. That's quite a long way on the flat, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. What sort of um, price is that now? Is it for the guineas? It's about five to two. What's, so it's quite yeah. short, but it is very, very good horse uh, by all backable. accounts. Definitely backable. Yeah, backable. Mm. The second one in the in the betting is a horse called T- uh, uh, Tenbism. And that's true. A new market winner uh, last year, trained by um, Aidan O'Brien. It was very impressive. One that won the Cheveley Park from Flotus and Sandrine. And that's um, the other horse in the Guineas. And I honestly think the front two in the Guineas this year are the ones that will just be taking, uh, you know, a bit of beating. I really do. I think they're two exceptional horses. Um, and then in, in sort of like the 2000 Guineas, I mean, the way. The way that horse won the other day um, of Appleby's native trail, it's six to five, you know, 
Mm. I'm not sure that he's he's not a bad bet. The only thing is, uh, Seamus, if the um, if if the ground gets really really uh, firm there, but you know Luxembourg from the Aiden O'Brien team is about a five to one shot uh, in the Guineas. Got horses like Caribus again from the Apple Yard, rated seven pounds behind Native Trial. But Native Trial did look exceptional when it won the other day, didn't it? Well, I think basically every one of those Appleby horses looked exceptional, really, didn't they? You couldn't, you know, you well, couldn't they, pick them out. They, they were all good. Yeah, that's right. No, you're right. Mm. And, and as I say, you know, the, the flat race season, just going forward, it really is, um, you know, by the end of this month, we'll be in full swing. Then we've got, you know, like Chester, Chester Cups, races like that. Mm. And then we've got the big York meeting, we've got the Dante. And, you know, all those sort of horses that are then be going for the derby. Um, but there's some pretty smart animals that will uh, be go, going for those big ones. And John Gosden's got one or two nice horses for Godolphin. Although Godolphin, you know, um, Appleby's his private trainer, if you like. And also Sayed Bin Saror. You know, um, I think John Gosden oversees it a fair bit, and he... He's got some pretty nice horses for for, for Sheikh Mohammed as well in the Godolphin blue colours. Um, there's one that I think is particularly nice uh, that I was impressed with at Newcastle um, in December. And it's by Golden Horn out of a good mare called Fuvaluzu. And um, this one absolutely, well, hosed up on the all-weather and that's one going forward. I think we'll just keep an eye on any called Franz Strauss, uh, one at Newcastle. And Gosling likes to take his horses to Newcastle. Golden Horn went there and won. You know, he takes some pretty smart horses there uh, uh, and wins. I was up there last Friday, and what a track. You know, it's a great track for these youngsters. And um, a lot of the big trainers take their horses to Newcastle um, to give them their sort of grounding, really. Um, yeah, so it would be interesting. Okay, and the other cool. horse, just just to mention, um, for the Dante, is a horse owned by Her Majesty the Queen, they think a lot of, that Gosden also trains, called Reach for the Moon. And um, this is a horse that's had a bit of experience and just could end up being a horse that um, could go on to stay in the Derby trip and be quite good, bred by the Queen. Okay, well, there's a few to sort of uh, put down in your notebook and... I suppose that you know the, the, the <coughs> basic bottom line is anything Charlie Appleby's looked very seriously on because the chances are you could have a winning bet on your hands. So uh, thanks for that, Colin. Yeah, um, you know, no problem. You keep keep them coming, my son, as they say. I will try. We'll try our best. Yeah, no. So this is a little bit, you know, just um, a few, just to you know, wet your appetite a bit, if you will. But mm. at the end of the month, we'll be properly into it. Getting jumping out of the way, right. the main part. Yeah. Okay, Colin. Take well, it we'll, easy. We'll catch up with you again later in the show with uh, obviously your tips for the weekend. So thank you for that. Um, Love it. We'll speak to you later. Superb. Thanks, AD. All the best by listening. Well, now it's time to catch up with another of our flat experts, and that's Richard Phillips. Well, good afternoon, Richard. Um, what have you seen flat racing in this last week or so, and what, what have you got coming up for us? Well, it's been quite interesting, I must admit. Um, some of the classic pictures, certainly. Uh, perfect power when he won the Greenham at Newbury on Saturday. And uh, he impressed many with his win. 
they were debating whether or not he actually go for the guineas after that because he's sprint bred and and certainly won over shorter trips last year but uh i think connections decided to give it a go so perfect power comes in the betting about 10 to 1 shot in the guineas but native trail of course is um still the favorite and caribus uh, from the godolphin camp source the second favorite so i don't think he's probably a a Guineas winner, but he certainly deserved his chance after his win there. And also, there's an interesting um, Wild Beauty won the Fred Darling at the weekend, and that emphasises the form of um, of the favourite for the Guineas, um, of John Gosson. So, without being funny, it, it, there's been action, but I don't think it changes who's going to win the Guineas in a couple of weeks' time. Okay, and um, is there much action over the weekend coming up? Well, not a huge amount, really. Not when it comes to... Um, um, guineas and, and things like that, but certainly at Sandown Park, we've got we've got some interesting runners in group races, but nothing in particular that's um, going to sort of affect the the guineas picture as it were. I think people are all looking at the classics as it were. Yeah. But uh, interesting races also um, over the weekend. Um, Life of Dreams went and won a, a mile and a quarter maiden at Newbury. That comes into the Oaks betting. Um, that's from the Charlie Appleby crowd as well. Charlie Appleby's horse has been in amazing form. And I think that's the big indicator, really, mm. that uh, great man is from a jumping background. Uh, Jackie Retter, he started with, and he's gone on to um, great things uh, with Sheikh Mohammed's operation in Newmarket. And so Life of Dreams was interesting when we were maiden. And also, um, Marcus Dragoning had a very decent maiden winner, uh, Morgan, yeah. uh, who's by Bobby. Uh, he won a mile maiden as well. So there were interesting horses at the weekend to win that. But uh, we've got some stand-down action, as it were, some group races and Easter Cups and things like that. But I think um, when it comes to the classics, as it were, I don't think we've got anything too much of an indicator there. But um, you mentioned Charlie Appleby. I mean, you know, you, you, nobody can sort of say, well, they haven't seen it. It's been amazing what he's been doing. And, and obviously he's got an informed jockey on top of them all the time. Yeah, William Buick, uh, amazing. Um, he's certainly risen to the top. Unlucky not to win the championship last year, but uh, he yeah. looks as though it's going away at the moment. And he's riding for a lot of people as well. Um, you know, he's a world class jockey, and uh, they're a hell of a combination. And um, at the moment, you've just got to follow the blue colours, and uh, they're going into the winners' enclosure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. How many horses has Charlie Appleby got? Do you think for, uh, from Sheikh Mohammed? Well, certainly he'd have access to a fair few, as it were. Uh, as we know, um, Dolphin is a huge operation worldwide. Yeah. Uh, but there's a couple of hundred there in Newmarket that um, are choicely bred ones as well. But um, it's not necessarily how you're bred. Um, doesn't necessarily make you a great racehorse. But Charlie is full of common sense and he's got a great team. He's, he fully, you know, really would admit. And um, they're certainly they're certainly in very very good form this year. They've started off the season in great. Also had a, a winner yesterday, the Blue Ribbon at um, at uh, Epsom yesterday, and uh, in the betting with a Derby, probably will be a Derby winner for me. But um, you know they they they're sorting all their horses out at the moment, and uh, it looks as though they've got some real good types this year. Okay, well we'll we'll leave it there then, uh, Richard, and, and obviously keep an eye on what happens on Saturday to see if there's anything sort of comes out of the pack and. Uh, Stakes a claim, as it were, but um, uh, we'll talk to you next week if that's okay. No, look forward to it. Lovely Many thanks. Job. Thanks, Richard. You're a star. Cheers. Thanks. Well, that was Richard Phillips, one of our uh, flat experts, and now we're going to catch up with trainer Tom Ward, who's had a fantastic start to the season with his first listed winner, 
uh, in the shape of Roman mist. Well, good morning, Tom. It's nice to catch up with you again at the start of the new season. Um, you've had a great start to the season. You must be really pleased. Yeah, no, delighted. Of course, are back in good form and been running well. So I think that's, that's the key. As long as they're happy and well and then running to a good level, it's great. And, you know, presumably getting a nice listed winner early in the season sort of sets you up on a, on a high right for the rest of the season now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think we've got, we've got a nice group of horses. So hopefully she's she's obviously one of them. And we've got some hopefully nice horses to back her up. But no, we, we, we're, uh, it was a good start. And hopefully long may it continue. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure uh, <laughs> Hot to Trot are going to be uh, hoping for that anyway. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's for, unfortunately... Uh, Roman Mist is in Hot to Trot 1 and I'm in Hot to Trot 2 so uh, I shall miss out on that one but never mind we can't win them all yeah. um, you've got a few um, interesting runners over the weekend can you enlarge a little bit on what you've got running over the weekend yeah look Farazi Lane he's having his first run back he's, he's been working well but he's going to need it to a level um, but he's in good form so we're ready to go and rock and roll yeah um, hopefully finishing the first three or four and then um, Type Britain I don't know a lot about she's come from Andrew Boarding so I'm just trying to get my head around her a bit but she's shown a good level so far and hopefully she shouldn't be too far away but she's just learning about her really yeah, yeah. Um, but two, two, two horses are having their first starts this season for me so just sort of going there hoping they can run a, run a nice race um, obviously if they could win that'd be great but they're going to probably come on a lot for it but, but looking at the sort of string in, in, in its entirety I mean you, you're, you're hopeful of a good season I assume yeah, exactly. We've got, we've got more horses this year and spent, spent quite a lot of money at the sales, so yeah. hopefully it'll start to reflect in the results that come. Sort of better quality ones than last <laughs> year, would you say? I'd say so, yeah. I hope so, anyway. Um, they've got some nice nice types, definitely. And I presume, you know, it's, it's nice to start the season there with, with crowds there and, you know, COVID appears to be receding anyway. Oh, hugely. And it's great that everything's sort of back to normal. It's great. Um, it's good for the industry and hopefully it'll sort of start to boost boost the industry and eventually, but no, it's, it's good to be back in, back in action. Good. And a bit of sunshine today, just to, to add to it, that all helps. I'm sure exactly. the horses. Definitely. So, uh, yeah. Okay. then, Tom, well, look, thanks. Thanks very much for joining us. Um, no problem. Uh, I'll keep giving you a call from time to time. If that's okay with you. No problem at all. Yeah. Job. Okay, Tom. Cool. Uh, have, have a good awesome. one. Speak to you soon. Well, that was Tom Ward, who's had a scintillating start to the season with a listed winner in the shape of Roman Mist. And now we're going to catch up with Rod Millman down at Colompton. Well, good afternoon, Rod. Thanks for joining us on the show again. Um, it seems as though your horses are beginning to hit the for, sort of form that you want them to. Well, they're still, they're still ha coming to hand this year. I mean, we purposely, we don't get after them too early in the season because it's a long old season and my horses probably run eight to ten times a year um the handicappers the, the owners have ho owners have horses with me they'd like to go racing they like to enjoy their horses you know um i mean a lot of the jump trainers nowadays only run them once or twice a year you know well my sort of owners they like to get more fun out of the game you know yeah absolutely i think nowadays not the jump trainers they they make children their target and and that is it. They don't run it. They only run at Cheltenham. Yeah. Well, it's. I don't think that's much fun in owning a horse because there's only so many winners at Cheltenham, you know. Yeah, quite. You're making the odds pretty pretty long, aren't you, really, to get a winner? Well, I think people like, like to talk about having a Cheltenham horse, and yeah. well, my horse is going to win at Cheltenham, and most of them got no chance before they go, you know. Well, you could say your horses are going to win at Royal Ascot. <laughs> so, I mean, it's, just, it's you know it's the same. But I mean, you had a second and a third last week, so that's that's you know. Yeah, no, they're starting to come to hand. Um, yeah. We've got quite a busy week coming up. We've got um, Amazon Dream. He's he's back on the track after a serious injury last year with his hip. He runs at Sandown tomorrow. Uh, Crazy Luck's off to 
Leicester Saturday. She should run well. She was good, good, good uh, third last week. Um, we've got Airshow. He goes to Bath. He's a good regular runner. And then we've got quite a few next week as well. At, um, all food runners at Windsor. Well, the season's just starting to get underhand now, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. And obviously everyone's gearing up for the Guineas first of the Classics next month, you know. But you haven't got the thing lined up for the Guineas or anything. But I mean, you, you Unfortunately, no, no. We've, I've, I've had two runners in the Derby in my time. That's the only two, only, only two classes I've had runners in. Um, we, um, one of my good horses got injured in it. He, he had a chance in it. He had a chance of first five and he got injured. Um, but nowadays, unfortunately, how it's gone, the, um, most of the horses are capable of winning the Derby are only in a handful of yards now. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, it's... Uh, that is the only trouble. The very top end of flat racing is is hard to get into. Yeah. And but but generally you can still pay twenty thousand pound and have a horse good enough to go to Royal Ascot and win in big races. Yeah. Well, that's twenty yeah. twenty thousand pound in, in in racing terms is not a lot of money, is it these days? Well, you know, don't forget we won the Super Swim yeah. for nearly one hundred fifty thousand pounds with a horse that cost two grand. Yeah. But it can still be done. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Well, look, Rod, have a good weekend and um, hopefully you know we'll get a few winners on the board very shortly. Yeah. Now. And um, okay, we'll speak to you next week if that's okay. Lovely. Okay. Thank okay. you. Thanks a lot, Rod. Speak to bye you bye. soon. Bye bye then. Bye bye. Well, now it's time to catch up with our man at Harlequin Racing. It's Dave Wilson. Good evening, Dave. How's things with you today? Yeah, very well, Adrian. We've uh, just had a change round on the systems that we do at Harlequin Racing. Uh, we've uh, just introduced this uh, new £10 a week membership, which right. uh, puts you into our uh, website and into our betting syndicate. And out of your £10 that you give us on uh, your weekly basis, we bet £9.50 of that on horse racing tips that we give. So, yeah. obviously, we're not making a great deal of money on the membership fee, so... Unless we're winning money and getting members in, that's the only way we're going to recruit members into the system. And at 50p a time, we need to be recruiting big time. Yeah. So uh, yeah. it's a great, great, great system for the members to get involved in. And uh, as I say, like £10 a week and you get £9.50s worth of free bets into the, the system that we bet. It's a fantastic offer for all the members there that we're allowing them in, into to take at the moment. So... Yeah. Uh, it's uh, it's off really well. We've got about 65 new members signed up this week. So uh, it's obviously something that the punters like and uh, it's something that we're good at doing. It's obviously, as you all know, we give the winners out on a regular basis. So yeah, uh, yeah. if we're giving the winners on a regular basis and we're putting your money on the bets that we give, you're going to get a profitable return at the end of each week. So uh, anyone that's interested in it, log on to the website at www.harlequinracingtips.co.uk and uh, have a look. It's all up on the front page of the website and uh, feel free to give me a message if you've got any interest or you've got any questions to ask. Well, I hope it's a very successful venture for you, Dave. Yeah, it's going very well at the moment, so uh, we'll see how it cracks on from now. Yeah, uh, yeah. This weekend coming up, we've got the Sandals meeting uh, ends the season basically Brian Hughes is getting his trophy for champion jockey where he's rode over 200 winners which is an amazing feat for a jockey to do uh, there's only been three other jockeys that have done it Richard Hughes uh, Richard Johnson sorry uh, AP McCoy and Peter Scudamore so they're the only three other jockeys that have ever done over 200 winners in the season and uh, Brian Hughes joins them this year which is uh, absolutely fantastic. Yeah. And on the trainers' championship, we're expecting uh, Mr. Nichols, one of the local trainers, to carry on with his good thing. He's about £300,000 ahead of Nicky Henderson in prize money at the moment, so he should be uh, 
picking up the trainers championship trophy there at Sandown at the weekend as well. Oh, that's a so, good uh, day, then. Yeah, just a little bit unfortunate. I'm under the weather and uh, I was going to go up there for it all and uh, see them all, but unfortunately, I don't want to be passing the bug I've got on. I'm yeah. absolutely rough as <clears throat> you can think. So uh, there you go. But we're going to go through the card at Sandown and give. Uh, members and uh, everyone else here listening uh, a few tips for what we're going to think is going to happen on uh, Saturday up at Sandown. So okay. we'll crack on with a, we'll crack on with a 150 and we like the chances of Dr. Parnassus. Now Harry Skelton takes the ride for Dan Skelton. We, we've we got about three that we think that Harry and Dan are going to have on Saturday as uh, winners. Now this fella, he had two runs, two wins and he was very impressive in both his runs. And he then went to the triumph hurdle at Cheltenham, and uh, I don't think he really appreciated having about 20 other runners around him, and uh, he weren't used to it. He's, he's, he's very novicey over hurdles at the moment. Uh, back in a small field race, and he's going to be having a very good chance here. He runs seventh uh, behind Vauban in the uh, triumph hurdle, and as I say, in his first two races over hurdles, he looked absolutely very impressive, and uh, we liked him, and we thought he had a good chance in the... Uh, in the triumph hurdle until the weather changed and uh, softened that going up too much for what he actually wanted. And uh, back on a more solid surface, we think he's got a, a great great chance here. We can't guarantee that he's going to go well on a, a solid surface as, as it may well be up at Sandown. We don't know what it's going to be yet. But he's priced up at 8-1 with Paddy Powers and uh, we think he's well worth having a nice each-way bet on him there. So that's uh, the first race at Sandown on Saturday 150, Dr. Parnassus. Call the doctor. Call the doctor. We need him at the moment. Down to the 225 race there and uh, one that we picked up at uh, Aintree, uh, Ernie River. Going to be ridden by Charlie Hammond and uh, trained by Nick Kent. Now, this fellow was a subject of a massive gamble up at Aintree, at the Aintree Festival. And he was just about to start getting going in the race. And uh, unfortunately, he fell. Now, previous to that, he had won four races in a row. And he'd been very impressive in winning all four of them. So, uh, in, in the small field race that he's got here on Saturday up at Sandown, he's going to get a good sight of his fences. And uh, we think... Uh, He's got a good chance, although he's the worst off at the weights in the race. It's, been, it's a Class 1 Grade 2, so we all run off of level weights there, and he's the lowest handicapped horse in the field. But I've got a funny feeling that he's not the worst of the four, and he's priced up at 5-1 to one at the moment, and we're going to have a small win bet on him. We can't have him each way because there's only four runners, so just have to take it steady and just have a small win bet on Ernie River in the 225 there. Okay, fine. Moving down to one of the big races of the day for three o'clock, and uh, the horse that we like here is Grenatine. Harry Cobden takes the ride for Paul Nichols. Uh, class 1 Grade 1 events have all run off the same weight. He won at Sandown back on the 4th of December, where he beat Nuba Negre, one of the contenders he's taking on again here. And Nuba Negre was well behind him on that day. And next time out, he came out and he took on a horse called Shishkin, and he runs second to it. He got beat 10 lengths. Now, Shishkin is obviously one of the best horses in training at the moment. So, uh, no, no. No issues there getting beat 10 lengths by Shiskin. He then went over to the Dublin Festival. Now, when Paul Nichols' stable was in the worst of its form in the early part of this year, that's when the Dublin Festival was on a grenadine run, no race at all. But we think now, back in April, 
is going to have recovered himself from whatever bug it had going through the Nicholas Stable there. So we think Renaton's going to have a very good chance of winning this race. Now, bear in mind, Byrony Frost normally rides him, but unfortunately, Byrony took a fall at Aintree and she's uh, cracked the vertebrae and hurt her shoulder, so she's out of action at the moment. But she'll be back for next season and uh, Harry steps in and takes a ride on Grenatin. So uh, hopefully it'll all go well and uh, we'll see what happens there. So Grenatin in three o'clock. And of course, you've also got a situation with Sky Pirate in that race that um, Nick Schofield normally rides him, as you probably know. And uh, poor old Nick, yeah. he's had a fall as well. Seems to be yeah. a lot of jockeys going through it at the moment because you've got poor Josh um, Josh Moore. Josh Moore. Who's, yeah, yeah, he's in a bad way. So, yeah, you know, we wish, yeah, him, we wish him all Josh the best. Josh Moore's unfortunate. Yeah, Josh Moore's unfortunately caught this bloody chest infection thing that's going around as well, yeah, which is... Yeah. And for his uh, improvement, and well, I can tell you, without any injuries and having this chest infection that's going around at the moment, it's a bloody killer. It's yeah. absolutely wrecking me. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, I can imagine being in hospital after having a few, few uh, operations on his legs where they've put him right on his femur, which was broken, and uh, catching that chest infection is a yeah. bit of a bit of a sucker. But yeah, yeah. I have to get yeah. on with it. But yeah, but I think he'll be pulled through. I'm sure he will. But we wish him all the best anyway. So. Uh... Just get well soon, yeah. guys and girls. Yeah, it's the thing with, uh, I don't know if you noticed, on Thursday, Taunton called the meeting off because the ground was too firm. Yeah. And uh, obviously the jockeys, if they're jumping over fences and they're jumping over hurdles and they come down on solid ground, it's what causes the injuries. It's not the fall or anything like that. It's like if you fall off of anything at 30, 40 mile an hour yeah. and land on concrete, you're going to do damage. Yeah. And yeah. Obviously... Taunton took the precautionary steps to call, call the meeting off just in case that sort of thing happened. So, uh, fair play to Taunton and uh, well done to them. Well, it's a good job we've got the Injured Jockeys Fund, isn't it, around to help uh, to help out because I know they do a tremendous job. And that's, of course, why yeah. we are having this cricket match that led me to it quite innocently, I can assure you. But on July the 3rd at North Perrot, there is going to be a cricket match between trainers and jockeys. So keep your eye open in yep. the local press. Um, but that's basically scheduled for Sunday, July the 3rd. And it's obviously in aid of the Injured Jockeys Fund. Yeah, I might come and uh, put the gloves on and stand behind the wicket. Yeah, Being six foot wide and six foot five tall, I might stop a few. So, I look forward to it, Dave. I look forward to it. It'll be fantastic. Yeah. So, anyway, moving on, we're, we're down to the 332 race uh Sand down for Saturday, and the horse that we like here is Fledgmatic. Uh, this is a big Betfair chase race on the day, and uh, obviously Harry Skelton and Dan Skelton team up with Fledgmatic. Now, he had back-to-back wins at Kempton. He won over three miles, and then they dropped him back to two miles to four and a half, and he bolted up yet again. Now, I was at, Chelton, uh, I was at Kempton for both of them wins, and... He was very, very impressive. He didn't come off the bridle, and he came come in the paddock afterwards like he hadn't even had a run. And I think he has stayed the extra four furlongs that this race is, and I think he's very, very well handicapped into this situation. So uh, he's, he's our nap bet of the day in the 332 there, Fledgematic. And uh, he's priced up at the moment uh, around about 17 to 2 with William Hills, and that's five places on offer. So he's only got to finish in the first five and you'll win money if you have an each-way bet on him. And here's our nap of the day there. So 3.32, Fledgmatic, uh, sand down on Saturday. OK. 
moving over the page, uh, we get to the 407 race. A horse that we liked from uh, the 2019-2020 season, McFabulous. Uh, he, he seems to be the second string for the Paul Nichols team here as uh, Lorcan Williams is taking a ride and Harry Cobden's on the other horse. Uh, his last four races, it's like it reads uh, a role of honour. He's been in two entry hurdles for Cleve Hill at Cheltenham and the real kill at Cheltenham. That's the four races that he's run in the last four times, and he hasn't been beaten or disgraced in any of them. Now, this this is a race that's a little bit lower in grade than them four races, and given six pounds to his rivals here isn't too much to give, and he gives seven pounds to the mayor indefatigable. So I think that McFabulous has got a very, very big chance in this race, and I think he's been screaming out for the three mileish sort of trips. Now he's only had the one run over the three mile trips, and he was in—he was there behind Paisley Park in a in the big race with Champ and everyone else at Cheltenham before the big festival came up. Uh, he's priced up at around about five to two, and uh, we're going to suggest a nice little win bet on him there. So McFabulous in the four oh seven. Radio. Moving down to the 4.40, we like the chances of another Harry Skelton, Dan Skelton team up here with Beakstown. He won nicely last time out after a few runs against some very quality horses. Now, if you're not reading through the form, you're not reading how these horses have been racing against the top top horses in sport of recent times, and Beakstown's been running against some very, very good animals. And uh, he's... Avoided winning on many occasions, as I say. He's got seven efforts in the frame, but he's only won four times. But then when you take into consideration, he's only been unplaced in five races since he's ever joined a race course. He is actually a very consistent type of horse. And it's just unfortunate that he's been running against some really, really good types. And uh, I'm sure the skeleton team will have him in very good order. And they're having a very good season. And I think they had two or three winners on Thursday uh, between the Warwick meeting and the Perth meeting uh, with Bridget Andrews riding a couple of winners and uh, Harry Skelton riding a winner as well. So uh, he's priced up around about 9-4 with William Hills and I think he's a very nice bet there. So that's Beakstown in the 440 race at Sandown. I couldn't notice in that race that um, Milton Harris's Jackamar, that you know he was very, very hot on this at... Uh at um, Aintree but it uh, disappointed and came fourth you don't think he's going to come back a bit in this race I think Jack Amar's well I know Jack Amar is a bit of an enigma of a horse he doesn't like getting to the front in the race too soon and you've got to produce him right at the right time and he's one of them horses it's a very tricky ride but he does seem to get on very well when Paddy Brennan rides him but I think he's just that shade short of being top class, whereas Beakstown's got that ability and he's run against horses that are a lot better than what Jackamar's run against. So uh, that's why we've sided up with Beakstown. But as I say, like Milton Harris has had a tremendous season this year and take nothing away from Jackamar. He's run some fantastic races. But I think he's just that shade, half a length to a length below where he, where he needs to be. But, give him another season i've seen him in the paddock a few times and he may well fill his frame out a little bit more next year and he may well turn out to be a little bit better next year he's one of them types of horses in my opinion that he just needs another season before he's gonna reach his peak and uh hopefully he'll just crack on and go from there with him okay mate that's fine thank you for that 
uh, moving down to the last race on the card now, very interesting runner here from the Nicky Henderson team, Glynn. He's uh, going to be ridden by Nico de Boyneville now. This fella come over from Ireland and he had 300 days off instantly when he arrived at Nicky Henderson's, which is a long time to have a new horse in the yard before you run it. And he absolutely blew apart a field at Doncaster and there were some good horses in that field and he won it by 11 lengths. Now, he's obviously had a few training problems, this fella. He's had a wind surgery up, he's had two pulled ups and and then he come out and he run a second at Hexham after he'd been off 315 days. Now, another thing to note is he beat a horse called Brief Ambition in a point-to-point. Now, he beat it very easily. Now, Brief Ambition's rated up at around about 134, 135 sort of mark, and he's actually in the race against Beakstown in, in, in the 440 there. Now, if you put any of them horses in that 440 race into this 515, you'd expect every one of them to win the race. Now, Glynn's beaten one of them runners. He beat about three and a half, four and a half lengths, I think it was. So uh, he's had lots of time off the track, and he's had lots of surgeries, wind surgery and bits and pieces, but he's priced up at 10 to 1 with William Hills, and I think this horse is very well worth having a big each-way bet on. And that's in the 5.15 there. So that's Glynn, Nico de Boinville, Nicky Henderson teaming up with a horse that they've actually won with that had 300 days off before, and that's what he's had roughly off again. So i got a funny feeling there's going to be a fair few quid flying around for this fella come race day on Saturday. So we'll go with him now. OK, Dave, thank you very much for that. I hope you get well soon. And... Uh... Your chesty cough doesn't get uh, get too bad, so take it easy and you know put your feet up and just watch it on the telly, mate. Yeah, that's what we're going to do. We're just going to have a restful few days and crack on and uh, see where we get to. And uh, as I say, like you've got to remember, this time of year the going's changed. It's gone from national hunt going to uh, good going, good to firm going. So make sure if you're having a bet that your horse actually goes on the going that's given at the moment because some of them are just out there running for a bit of prize money and uh, yeah. you just got to look through the form and take 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 chances with horses that go on the ground. So, uh, And it's a little bit early in the flat season to be getting involved in too many of the flat races at the moment. So uh, just be wise with your bets and uh, check check the going, check the go- your horse goes on that sort of going and go with it from there. So good luck to everybody and have a great Saturday. Thanks, Dave. Speak to you next week. Shut up. Right, well, now we're going back up to Lambourne again to catch up with Colin Brown and his tips for the weekend. So good morning, Colin. Good morning. How are you? Oh, absolutely fine, mate. Absolutely fine. In the pink. That's what I like to hear. Mm. In the pink. Yeah. That's what I like to hear, old boy. That is good. That's just what we like to hear. Um, racing this weekend, getting over to the flats, the last day of the jumping. On Saturday, it's the end of the jumping. Um, and it's ridiculous, actually, because I bet there's a lot of kids who will say, hey, it's the end of the season. Dad's finished the season. Let's go on holiday. But yeah. they start back about two days later. So it's just crazy. Well, tis what it is, old dog, isn't it? Tis what it is, old dog. Anyhow, let's crack away with Haydock. Some good racing up there. Then we'll go and then we'll look at a couple of other meetings ending up at Sandman Park, I think. Is that all right with you? Yeah, that's absolutely fine. Okay. One o'clock, Haydock Park. You'd sort of be expecting the Appleby horse to win because that's all they do is win. Yeah. Um, 
and there's a horse running in this race called New Comedy that was a easy, well, quite a nice winner at Southall last time out from Rockfire uh, and Sky Legend. Rockfire being a a Gosden horse. Um, but the third horse has been beaten since. So I'm going to go against an Appleby horse, which is probably stupid. But I'm going to go for a horse called Baltic Bird, trained by John and Thady Gosden. It was third to a horse called Nahani that won the trial at um, Epsom this week. You know, the derby trials they have there. Um, yeah, it won the uh, Kazoo Blue Ribbon trial, a listed race by half a length. So although this horse of Gosses was beaten about eight lengths by it, it was behind a pretty smart horse on the day, and I'd say I'd take the beating. So Baltic Bird, one o'clock, Haydock, Saturday. Right. Um, as we go on through, uh, there's a handicap which I don't really like at Haydock. I'm going to just have a look at the 205. I've got one here for the listeners. And, yeah, it's a horse that runs in the 205 at Haydock Park. Um, and it's called Boardman. It's trained by Tim Easterby. It's a course and distance winner. Um, it's coming down the handicap quite nicely. Um, it has been off higher marks than today. <clears throat> and um, I think it'll take a bit of beating. In fact... It won here last year off a of 75. It's now for 90, but it has one off a higher mark. So it's called Boardman, and it runs in the 205 at Haydock Park. Right, yeah. Um, there's plenty of racing on there, plenty of racing all sorts of times of the day now. Yeah. Um, right, what else up at Haydock Park? Um, Haggis's horses are in pretty good form. He runs one up there called Irresistible in the 240. Um, but it's a pretty, pretty hot little race with some great horses running and a couple of quite nice horses of Gosdens and a horse that, um, is ridden by Holly Doyle because she rides for the, um, the people, what they called, um, gosh, uh, in the green colors, Imad Al Sagar. She's got a retainer with them. She runs, rides a horse here called, it's called Nashua. Um, and it was a horse that was third at Newmarket and a nice maiden. And I would say it would take a bit of beating here. Nashua in the 240 at Haydock Park. It was. It looked smart last year, just a bit green, had the winter off, trained by Gosden, as I say. I don't think this one will be far away. Um, really good, good, good uh, racing up there. And um, wouldn't be the biggest surprise if she didn't have a double on the day there. Uh, same owner, but different trainer. That is Clive Cox, horse called Stella Queen. It was third in the Phillies, good Phillies race up at um, Newmarket, I remember last year. Not beaten very far. Second horse has come out and won at Newmarket this year. And this looks smart form, Stella Queen. And that is my lot at Haydock. Um, I honestly think all those horses, maybe apart from board, because handicaps are always tricky, but apart from Boardman, I'd say those other three will win. You might put them in a little treble up there uh, the weekend. Right. <clears throat> Rightio, where are we off now? Okay. Leicester? Let's let's get down to Leicester. Let's yeah. have a little look at Leicester. Um, 
there's a maid in the first race at Leicester where oh, some pretty nice horses run. Clive Cox has got some lovely two-year-olds this year. Normally, if Clive's horses win first time out, just as a, a, a little um, tip up, is normally they win first time up. They're pretty useful. You know, they could be sort of like group class or even better if they win first time up. Um, so that's quite interesting. He runs quite a nice horse in the second race, in the first race there. But I don't think it's going to beat a horse that I fancy here from the Rafe Beckett yard called Sunny Orange for the Cat Abdullah um, connections. <coughs> of course, it's Judd Bond now because Prince Khaled died. But, um, yeah, and keep your eye on um, Al Dazim from the Clive Cox stable. But Sunny Orange, for me, wins the 135 at Leicester. Right. This is all looking easy. Do you know, I love the jumping, but I love when the flat starts again. And, you know, if you really just concentrate on it a little bit, there are some horses that you can go and back, you know, put them in a few doubles and trebles and mess about. I suppose have a sort of five, six horse acker and then just make a few 10 or 20p doubles and trebles. Only comes a small money. But if they come off, all of a sudden you can win a few quid. And Frankie Dettori can win the next race at Leicester. That's the 210 on a horse called uh, Salvatore Mundi. Um, and it's the uh, second to true accolade at Windsor this season already. Wasn't a bad run. Should win. Horse number two in the 210 at Leicester. So they're blessed with Frankie there. They're also blessed with William Buett there because in the listed race, he run, rides a horse called Path of Sun Thunder. Happy Power runs in the race. He was second up at Newcastle where I was the other day to, no, Wolverhampton, should I say, to Tinker Boy. And then we've got um, a horse called Aratus from the, um, from the Clive Cox stable. And Aratus last year, he was pretty good. He just won three races bang on the trot. I think he's pretty useful. I'm going to go with Aratus uh, to win this. Um, and he is the outsider of three, but I honestly think he's got a really good chance of doing so. He's not too many pounds behind him, and it could be the improver in the race. Number one, Aratus in the 2.45 at Leicester. Okay. Against Mr. Buick, right. eh? Yeah, against Mr. Buick. I mm. bet, I bet... Areas I'm writing these down furiously so she can have a few doubles and trebles because I think she's into her gambling now since your radio program has been sort of uh, really, uh, you know, um, putting out a few winners on, on, on Friday nights. How did I do last week, by the way? Uh, last week, uh, four winners. Four winners. You had... Um... Mythical Madness fifteen to two, Nappers Hill four to nine, Morphe two to one, and Wild Beauty three to one. Oh well, yeah, yeah, yeah it's not too bad, is it? No, no, now no. another win of another winner for you up here. Maybe, maybe ruling dynasty for the Appleby Yard, which Buett rides in the maiden race. The three-year-old maiden could be okay. It probably is, but there's a horse called Magisterial. Trained by Gosden, Frankie rides it. It was second to horse that's come out and won since last time. Um, and that is in the 3.51 at Leicester. What a stupid time in that 3.51 at Leicester. But um, 
I think the form's pretty good, and I think he'll probably take a bit of beating. Beating Magisterial with ruling dynasty as the uh, main danger to uh, one and all. Just going back to um, the, the last rate, the 320. Um, yeah. Rod Millman's got one going called Crazy Luck, which had a fourth on its first outing this season. And Rod's quite hopeful he's going to do a lot better on Saturday. So I'll just chuck that in for everybody to have a listen. Is he? Okay. I shall have a Salvary Jim Y. Okay. I shall have a little look at that. 320 at Leicester. Let me just look. What did we put up? Oh, it's... Uh, well, we didn't put anything up. That's what I'm saying. We didn't. No, that's yeah. good. That's good. But crazy luck. Go for it, Rodders. Right. Great trainer, Rodders. In the colours of Crown Connoisseurs. So there we go. Yeah, it was fourth at Windsor the other day. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, that's good. Well, odd sausage. Let's move to Sandown Park. And Sandown Park is all jumping there. They used to have flat and jumping there. And they've moved it back to all jumping. Um, talking about jumping, we all wish Josh Moore the very best. He had a terrible fall last weekend and he's... He's not very well in hospital, I must say, but we're all praying for him to make a speedy recovery. Um, yeah, so he's up at Aintree Hospital, so uh, I expect you can keep an eye on the newspapers, and uh, there's been a few reports about the injuries. So, tough old job being a jump jockey, bless him. He broke his back last October, came back and rode a few winners. Now, he broke it again as well as his leg and punched the lung, and... Um, Broke some ribs and a bad fall at Haydock is a dangerous sport. So I always say to people, don't talk through your pockets. That jockey should have done this, that and the other. Yeah. It's uh, it's not easy riding over fences at 30, 40 miles an hour to make sure that they get it right or don't. And, um, you know, it's a tough old game. Yeah. Anyhow, talking about Nappers Hill. Getting at Sandown in the 150. Yeah. It's a really good, it's a really sort of good competitive race but I think he's a horse that's more of a spring horse likes the ground and I don't think he'll be far away so I'm going to go Nappers Hill to beat a horse that's a bit also a bit of improvement prover called Head Law of J.P. McManus's I think they're the two against the field they're about three to one and nine to two in the 150 at Sandown on Saturday not quite so many runners in the uh, 225 uh, um what wins it oh crikey it's quite a competitive little race we've got mr fishers and calmados who was disappointing last time out you have to say but he drops back in trip today and nuts well can't fancy him but brian hughes who's ridden over 200 winners now is going to pick up his champion jockey's trophy here and also called earn a river that's uh winning run came to an end when it fell somewhere the other day. Um, I don't know where it was now. Uh, um, when it fell, what fell at I think. Urn River. Um, yeah, fell, fell beyond Miller's Bank at Aintree, but before that, it was winning, winning, winning. So I'm going to take a chance on that northern horse with Nick Kentrain's. Um, I, I think it's got a chance. Urn River is about 92. Okay. Uh, right. Three o'clock at Sandown. Come on, computer. <clears throat> Computer's now being slow. Um, 
Yeah, no, there's some fantastic racing to look forward to. And, of course, it's the old Whitbread Gold Cup, they call it something else now. But um, I used to like when it was called the Whitbread. But a lot of these races, you know, they, um, you know, I won a lot of great big races over the years. And when people sort of ask you, you sort of mention one that doesn't really click. But basically, a lot of them are races that um, have had a change of sponsorship. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. On to, uh, excuse me, on to the next race. I've just, I'm just changed computers here because um, my computer won't, won't go any f- further forward. Um, I always find a hammer's very useful in situations like this. Yes, I know. Mm. I know you quite like the, the hammer job. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> right, it's the Bet365 Celebration Chase. Really good race. You've got some real good horses in it. Rouge V, uh, Nubinegra, um, who uh, ran such a good race. You know, they've all run in these races before. Grenadine, I think he won it last year. Um, yeah, it's a real good race. I think I'm going to go. Um, and so Royale, he's another you know, great horse. Ran a big race at Aintree the other day. And, um, it wouldn't be the biggest surprise if so Royale won. Um Grenadine and Nubinegra, they've been on the go a bit as well. So we'll go so royal, but I think it's a real hard race. Right, on to the, uh, I'll call it the Whitbread Gold Cup. It's about 365 handicap, a load of runners. And uh, Step Back won it a few years ago. And it runs again this year. It's written by Lily Bradstock this time. And she claims seven pounds. She gets on well with it at home. Looked well the other day. I was over there at Bradstock's and, um, but you know the horse that just, I think, could win. He was on a bit of a roll, is a musical slave. Jumps for fun. He's just come right. Um, he's won three from his 14 chases, trained by Philip Hobbs. He's got a nice profile going into this. And I think musical slave is the one to win. Our 3.32 at, um, at Sandown Park. <laughs> In the um, 440, it's quite a difficult handicap, Jason. The last race is a very difficult handicap hurdle. But in the 440, um, there's a horse running called, trained by, uh, there was sorts quite a good horse, trained by um, uh, Richard Rowan. His horse is in good form. It's called Up the Straight. Could win. It's going to be quite a nice price, I think, about eight to one. And in the final race, listeners, have a look at 50 ball. Nice horse that's some. Um, one last time out with Hulan on at Ascot, and I think it'll win again. So that's that's about your lot for Saturday's racing. Right, well, thank you, yeah, Colin. Yeah, yeah. I hope, well, hopefully, I'll come back to you next week if you make it through the night. Um, but, you know, just just keep me posted. But that ambulance should be there any minute now, I'm telling you. So don't... Yeah, I think, I think I can hear the siren. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't dis- <laughs> don't despair. They'll be there to help you. Good boy. Okay, mate. Right. Speak to you soon. Speak to you soon. Take care. Bye bye. Well, that was uh, Colin Brown and um, coughing for Britain, pretty much there. But we've cut all that out, hopefully. So um, basically, that brings us to the end of the show. So thank you all very much for listening. Join us again next week, same time, same station, and hopefully you have a good weekend and have lots of winners. But until next week, this is Ad Hopper saying. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye.